Please pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord. For you are our rock and our redeemer in Christ Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I am humbly privileged to share a message with you. Spent 24 years looking this way. Third time, I guess, now looking this way. Where are our new members seated? Here? You're in a great congregation. And you have an even greater God who loves you. This church is very dear to my heart. Many great people. But even a greater God who loves us. I'm going to be doing a little bit of a recap from the story, chapter 19, where we see one building project of the temple, rebuilding project, In chapter 21, we see with Nehemiah rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem. If we modeled our ministry here at St. Lawrence and started our own building project, well, we already have our house of worship, our oasis, but we don't have any walls. I think we need some walls. So if we were to start on Damel Road, head to Town Line, connect with Block Road, we'll skip the river, connect with Radle Road, and sounds like a good outline for walls to me. Now if we're going to build this the right way, we're going to do it the old-fashioned way without equipment, cranes, bulldozers are not allowed. Just simple hand tools. Oh, And we only have 52 days to do it. So who's with me? Ah, I see some tension. Not too many are ready to jump up with their hammer and chisel and uh, get to work. I don't blame you. It's amazing what they did in the Old Testament and in the ancient world. What they could build without technology. Heck, we can't even go and leave the house without our car keys and our cell phone, let alone if we were to do a building project without the proper tools. But I don't want to spend too much time on building. I want to talk about the building themselves. In Jerusalem, the temple was the heart of the city, much like this city was founded on the church. St. Lawrence was the heart of this city in in our foundation. But before that, God is our foundation to us. When I think of worship, I think there's a, forgive me, there's a contemporary song. I know we're at traditional worship right now, but there's a contemporary song called The Heart of Worship. The heart of worship is God. 
and God's word to us and God's word for us. God's word came through Ezra to the people. Disobedient Israel was kind of like the Burger King slogan, have it your way. And you might wonder, what do I mean by that? Well, just like us, we think we can have it our way. But then God's law and God's word shows us otherwise. Shows us a need that we need a savior. Savior who lived life perfectly. The life we could not live. So God becomes man. For you. For me. We are called by that Savior to faith. How are we called? How do we have faith? We hear God's word. I think of Ezra as he's reading and the people had great joy. And do you know they listened for like six hours? Can you imagine if I stood up here preaching the word of God for six hours? I think I would see many people look at their watch and say, boy, I think it's lunchtime. Think about it like this. Six hours worth of hearing God's word is like sitting through two baseball games. How about three movies? Those six hours in today's 21st century American Christianity is probably longer than majority of Christians have been to worship. Or for you that are here, it's the time we'll have spent in church in Lent or more. God's word is powerful and effective. It is life-changing and it has transformed the priesthood of all believers for generations because of Christ our Lord. God comes to us through his only and beloved Son. Recently, I was sitting in the chapel of St. Timothy and Titus down at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, and uh, it was after a chapel service, and our president, uh, President Meyer, you might know the name, addressed us and was speaking on the power of God's word just briefly after chapel. He had been discussing with some pastors that have been desired to serve in the prison system in Louisiana. There was a prison specifically in the New Orleans area that is one of the most dangerous facilities in all of the United States. Dangerous crimes from inmate to inmate happen daily. So why do several pastors feel the need to go and preach to criminals. 
Think about our Savior. Who did he preach to? Did Jesus not say, it is not the healthy I came to serve, but the sick? Those pastors have God's word and they're bringing Christ to those people. Shortly after several years of the preaching ministry that these pastors had at this prison, they, the, the prison pulled some data together to show the, the, the crime rate had dropped 80%. Now, there are some Christians and pastors and theologians that might be a little bit skeptical of of that number and, you know, scratch their head and, yeah, these prisoners, they're just proving the American court system that they have religion and they can live the American life responsibly. My response is this. Never underestimate the power and authority of God's word. Think about the Old Testament. Israel was continuously disobedient, putting things above the creator. Yet we see when Ezra reads the law, they come and are repentant and they find joy in God's word. God's word is powerful. It is life-changing. Just as we look to the cross, the cross is life-changing. Many times we look at the cross and we think, ah, thank you, Jesus. But other times we look And it shows us who we really are. Shows we have baggage. Shows that we can't do it on our own. We can't have it our way. But yet, we see in God's story, His will, His good and gracious will is a plan for you. It is His way. Think about a mission group here at St. Lawrence in Amaya. It's not about me. It's about him. Lent is about him. Lent is about us returning to God with repentant hearts, with joyful, repentant hearts when we hear God's word. And our faith is strengthened. Now we talk about a church building. I rather like this church building that we're in. Yes, this is my home church. But one of the most unique things about this church is you walk in those back doors, whether it's light or dark outside. You can't see the outside world. 
our stained glass covers the distraction from the outside world. Kind of like Lent, when we return to God with humble hearts. And all the distractions are blocked out. And we see a Savior, the incarnate Word of God, God in flesh. God with us, God for us. Worship is a beautiful thing. It is a public thing. We gather to keep each other accountable under one Lord, one Savior, and one baptism. We have one God who loves us all. Nothing we did exceptional or noteworthy, but because the blood of the Lamb was shed for you and for me. There's a beautiful prayer in our hymnals in our, in our, that we use in our church. It's preparing to enter a church building. I thought it was fitting for our message on worship. It goes like this. Lord, I love the habitation of your house, the place where your glory dwells. That glory dwells in you because of Jesus My prayer this Lenten season that we look to the cross with humility but with joy because we who bring baggage to the table are forgiven by a Savior who loves you holds you close to his heart. Thank you for letting me share God's story with God's people. It's truly an honor to be here before you because I am one of you. But we have our Lord and our Savior who loves us altogether the same. May the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds at the foot of the cross in Christ Jesus. Amen.